Reunion of the Unwanted live back October 18th, 2021. Ricky, take it away. What's up, everybody? Another episode of the Union of the Unwanted. Just a couple of reminders. I know I always tell you guys, but uh, I continue to get people asking, where do I watch it and all that stuff. It's live streamed on Rockfin exclusively. And then within 24 hours or 48 hours, whenever I guess we, we get around to it, it's free everywhere. So uh, eventually you will get it free. But if you want to watch it live on Monday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern time, it's on Rockfin. So check that out. Go to theunionofthewanted.com and you'll see all the links to our channels and merch and all that stuff. So check that out. So uh, where do you guys want to start today? This is going to be a fun show because we're going to, I like these general topic shows. Uh, obviously... Everybody watched uh, the Joe Rogan, Dr. Sanjay Gupta episode. When I saw it on my, I think it was the day it came out, I saw it on my phone. Before I listened to it, I kind of knew it was going to be a big deal. I'm like, this is going to be huge because I knew Rogan was slowly coming in our direction. And, I, and I'm like, I, there's no way Dr. Sanjay Gupta is there to do anything but promote the vaccine. And he's going to get probably some pushback. And, and that kind of happened. Anybody have any thoughts on uh, if that was a W for us? Or do you think it, it was helpful for getting some oh, it was a, out there? It was an absolute win for us. It was an absolute win. Gupta looked like a complete idiot. Uh, his response made no sense at all. <laughs> right. He was in contagion, for God's sakes. Playing yeah. a doctor talking about a pandemic in a movie. It's like the simulation is on like a glitch or something, you know, like when you watch a DVD player and it would just kind of skip and loop. That's where we are in this, in this whole thing. I've had it. And today is an anniversary of the Wuhan military games and, uh, or event one, one of them at John Hopkins. So it's a fortuitous day to mm. circle back like Jen yeah, the Joe the Joe Rogan thing, like I never I didn't know who Sanjay Gupta was because CNN is just out of the picture, but just in like the meme form of see of it of like seeing it, I think the thing that stood out the most was when that guy was sitting in the interview, he was one way, which was kind of like being a real person. And then when you go back to CNN, there's like the stone face, and that's just like pure acting. Like CNN is acting. And theater and like a Joe Rogan podcast interview is a conversation. So it just made everything seem even more fake to me. What was interesting that I thought is like Sanjay uh, found it incredibly weird that you would sit down and talk to someone for over two hours. Uh, like, <laughs> like I, I, I've had so many conversations just like in college or in high school sitting around like drinking or smoking weed with my friends and you just talk for hours and hours and hours and that's how you get to know someone but to sanjay that seems like a completely foreign activity uh well wow yeah but these what, guys once they once they leave the studio they they're not thinking about anything uh look at don lemon well the thing the thing that was really interesting to me is uh just how good of actors they really are. Because if you noticed when he was on the show, he did a great job of pretending he was this like down to earth, regular person. And, you know, he's just there to have a casual conversation with Joe and he just wants to see if he can, you know, uh, talk to him about his ideas. Cause he likes the way he thinks and all this nonsense. And then he, and, and even Rogan to some extent seemed 
I don't know if he if he was fooled by him actually trying to be a organic person and having a realistic chance of having a, a real conversation without a agenda. But he seemed to kind of buy into it a little bit, like and like, oh yeah, he's a cool guy. He, he came on. I respect him for coming on. Or Rogan's just like, you know what? I don't want to uh, blow, like, make myself look bad by like pointing fingers or whatever. So I'm just gonna keep it civil. I did my thing, and then I'm just gonna let the uh, the memes kind of blow up and and do whatever. Um, but when Doctor Samjay Gumta, when he when you read the article, and I didn't read all of it, but I read parts of it about why he went on the Rogan show. And then you see his interviews post show where he's like, you know, you have everybody else on CNN who's talking to him say, yeah, I mean, I give you so much credit, so much patience to talk to him. You know, uh, he's not even a doctor. No, no, no. You know, this and that. And I'm like, wait, wait, you're you're kind of making our point that he's not a doctor, but he's having a conversation with one and he's stumping a doctor. So this is almost one of those things where how it's a perfect example of how sometimes we put people on pedestals and their opinions on a pedestal based on having a DR in front of their name or having a PhD at the end of their name. And at the end of the day, a guy who people laughed at um, about, you know, when, when he has, I guess, nutritional or health advice of, Oh, he's not a doctor. Why is anybody listening to him? He stumped one of the most famous doctors in the U S and, and made him look like an idiot. And, made it, very it's valid. easy to stump he's a, a tv doctor well that's true well, it's easy to it's easy to stump any doctor for that matter uh, they're so yeah. you know generalized or highly specialized that they know nothing it's rockefeller medicine it's quackery it's, well what uh, struggled my mind was uh, i mean he he kept going back to, i think one of the most important parts of the interview was when Rogan said something that was kind of looked over when he 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 could see. I mean, he was picking. I mean, we were picking up on it, listening to it. That he just kept pushing, regardless how many good points Rogan made. Like, why would you vaccinate a healthy person? Why would you vaccinate a young person? Why would you ignore that adverse reactions are something that do happen? And and he just kept coming back to. So, do you think you would take the vaccine? Do you? And then Rogan at one point, like he, I, I don't know if he was frustrated or he's like what are you, a vaccine salesman? You know, like he, he said that and it was kind of like just kind of glossed over. Nobody really talked about that, but that's what he was and that's what he was doing. Like it wasn't about like, hey, let's share information and see what makes the most sense. He's like, no, I come, uh, I came on to basically push this idea of trying to get some of your listeners into believing that you would even entertain the idea of getting vaccinated. Like, I think that was his goal. Like he's like, let me just see if I can find him, uh, find somewhere in the middle, meet him somewhere in the middle and, and see if I can find a, a reasonable way of getting him to to just scratch the surface of saying the vaccine is something I would contemplate. And it just didn't happen. And I think he was frustrated with that. And then just seeing his post interviews on CNN with the other idiots on, on that network and just be like, oh, yeah, no, you, you know, you, you were petrified. And I give you so much credit for going in the ring with Joe Rogan. Like, they're not fighting. I mean, Joe Rogan's a pretty calm person, especially in that interview. And, and I like the fact, and he got a lot of credit for it and he deserved it, the fact that he didn't let him get a pass on the CNN misinformation you know it's like he he really buckled down he's like no so your news company that you work for lied blatant yeah, and everybody knew they were lying and blatantly lied and you're okay with that like nobody has a problem with that oh i don't think you're making it a big deal or why are you taking it so personal that a news you know <laughs> network lied <laughs> you know but you know it's like 
what are you talking about? I mean, I just got kicked off YouTube for having medical doctors who have PhDs and probably have, you know, in, in some cases written prescriptions and treated people, you know, that having those people on, I get kicked off YouTube and, and yet like for misinformation and yet like, you know, you're, you're okay with just lying on your network. It makes no sense. It, it's like the Truman show. It's the Truman show. Everything is inverted. I, I now work with, just to remind me who the fuck the real quacks are. This is all quackery. And Joe Rogan does know more than contagion, actor, doctor. It's all actor-based reality. And we're breaking free from the matrix. And I think people are seeing. Let's, what's the impact of Joe Rogan basically straight up telling him, like, you guys lie. Like, how did that even happen that he agreed? He was promoting his book, right? Well, I, I, think, yeah. I think it's a little confusing because on the show, did you guys, it sounded like I got the impression that Dr. Sanjay Gupta wanted to come on the show, that he he, he asked to come on the show. But and then post, uh, the post interviews with Dr. Sanjay Gupta, he was saying that he was like invited to come on the show. So I don't know, there's some conflicting I guess perspectives on that. I don't see why Joe Rogan would invite him on. You know, he was pretty upset about uh, you know making him, you know, trying to make him look like an idiot who's taking horse meds. Uh, so I like the fact. That- <laughs> hey, if if I were Rogan, I would have been like, "Oh, really? You want to come on my show? <laughs> okay, let's come on." Let's I think talk. it did way more harm than good. I think they went on there <laughs> hoping they could they could like bring in some of the some of the uh, Rogan listeners and and mm. I think it went in completely wrong. I think he, Rogan's a very know, he he he's very well spoken. Is this is yep. this 4D chess? Is this an example of 4D chess? Uh the <laughs> CNN's for <laughs> I don't think it changed anybody's mind. I think it just underscores how uh the two sides, you want to just call it two sides, talk to each other and they're at, at times we're talking past each other. And Sanjay was just kind of trying to dodge and weave as best he could just to get back to the topic that he wanted to talk about and ignore some of the other things that he really couldn't address. And I think that it, what we saw was just kind of a, pers- a perfect example of people who are on different sides trying to be as civil as possible and not like shouting behind the, 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 the anonymity of Twitter. So uh, I don't think it, uh, it did any good. I mean, it was great to hear. Yeah, but I don't know if it changed any minds on either side. I don't know how many people are really sitting on the fence at this point. I don't even like giving uh, Spotify this much attention, to be honest with you. I don't even watch Rogan anymore on that joke of a channel. And they've been oh, reading no. our episode, so uh, fuck, uh, fuck I Spotify. I agree. Well, I hey, agree. Ricky, you mentioned not wanting to elevate these doctors, putting them on pedestals. What about this entire network called CNN? I want to put something in perspective. My business partners um, do or did a television show for three seasons on HGTV called Flipper Flop Vegas. Home renovation show, right? Have any of you guys watched it or even heard of it? Probably no. Never heard yeah, of it. I have. Never, never heard, heard of it? Of it. I've heard of it. Nope. Our ratings were double CNN's. Ah! And you've never heard of the show. And it's on HGTV. We would get a, over a million four every episode for three seasons. CNN hasn't cracked a million viewers this year. 
Nobody I heard, is watching. Yeah, that. but it's not it's not about the 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 watching the show. It's about all the fucking social media afterwards, all the memes, yeah. all the it's all that other periphery bullshit that still gives them credibility. And it's not the actual cable watching. I mean, yeah, like I, I think CNN can be effective propaganda to people that are like at the gym or the airport because you're just absorbing no, these like not random. Anymore. They've lost all their major airport yeah. contracts. Yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. Well, it was on at the gym, but I just saw. I'm like, they're putting these faces in these outfits to to literally, you know, push whatever they're pushing. It's you could just tell. You don't even have to be consciously watching it, but they're just spewing out sort of. Uh, well, I, weaponized I that, imagery, I feel it, like. And uh, the when, guy CNN did, my... when CNN did have that contract at the airports to where they would pay the airports to show their network, the people that would come through that terminal on a daily basis, CNN would count them as viewers. Mm, yeah, right. Their viewership wow. numbers because they needed them so badly that they had to count captured people that are stuck at an airport as viewers to their network because there aren't any viewers. So, Sanjay Gupta needs to go on Joe Rogan to get the word out about his network, which is garbage. Of course, it backfired on him because he doesn't understand. He can't see. He's in that little bubble where he thinks that they're all doing, they're all just having a tremendous amount of success. But even that idiot Brian Stelter, remember what he said? He went on and said, well, if our, our, it doesn't, our ratings don't matter. And everyone started laughing at him in the middle of that interview. They're like, well, your bosses are going to say something totally different. I mean, they've got to be losing a fortune just running that operation. Here's Joe Rogan with a four-person crew getting eight times the viewership that the entire CNN network gets, <laughs> and they can't figure it out. It's like, hey, why don't you guys come at people with the truth, or at least some, you know, at least try to get the truth, and try that, see if that works. But of course, they're not interested in that. We're never- no, I agree. That. I agree with him. It's not about the ratings. They don't, they don't give a shit. It's about the messaging. They're a lost leader right now. All these fucking propaganda outlets are just lost leaders for messaging. That's it. Doesn't matter if they make money, they lose billions. It doesn't fucking matter. YouTube just takes Ricky's shit off of, off there when he's talking to real doctors. It, this is all just the money doesn't fucking matter at all at this point. Well, and the other thing that we're, we're talking about ratings, but one thing that we've seen the transition with YouTube is that basically if you Google search or if you search anything on YouTube, you're getting MSNBC, CNN, Fox News clips. So you're basically, you know, a lot of people who are still considering them news, they're even when they're looking for alternative perspectives, they're force fed clips from their shows with all these actors and, and you know, people that are just nonsense. I do feel like Rogan's show is unique in regards to like if it's changed minds or not. I kind of disagree a little bit. I think that it, it, it does because. The, the thing about Rogan is because he, there's people who are MMA fans who listen to Rogan because he's an M MMA guy. There's comedian, uh, people who like stand-up who listen to Rogan. There's people who like so many different things because he's into so many different uh, topics. And Rogan's a, a lot of these people like, you know, they're, they're not political. They're not, you know, they like him because MMA, they like him because of other things. So when they hear his opinion, these are a lot of people who are on the fence who aren't maybe as tribalistic as some of the people that you know we deal with in everyday life and, and people who respect his opinion they understand that he knows quite a bit about diet and nutrition i mean miriam much like myself like we've been in a diet nutrition world for a long time and way before covid i've had doctors after doctors and nutritionists and we so now all of a sudden everybody's a health expert when like before 2020 they're going to marion and me to for 
you know, a health advice. And now all of a sudden they're telling me like, you know, how do you keep uh, healthy and how do you survive, you know, getting sick and all this stuff. It's like, it's, it's crazy. So Rogan, I think a lot of people respect his opinion in regards to that. And because he hasn't completely went, you know, anti-vax, he's just kind of just questioning things. I think that he's, he's, uh, he's a voice that even people who are pro-vaccine, they might at least, you know, consider his opinion because he's not, He's not picking a team, which in some ways I'm like, pick a fucking team, you know, but they in have another- to. They, I want to like interject like Tim Pool is very good at that. I was just at the Bulletproof conference and it was like amazing to be with other people who are like focused on optimizing biology, not like wanting to eradicate the immune system or the very thought that you have one but dave asprey's coming out as like vi curious and like what the fuck's that buddy like make a he had these uh vaccine no a d passport a vitamin d passport so he was talking <laughs> tongue-in-cheek and the truth is that i realized wow i've really done myself a disservice they've just you know chase closed me down I'm looking over my my back, over my shoulder, and this is really the medical mafia. I know people who's who they've threatened their children. We know people who are yeah, all suicided, and CBS, all of these CNN, they're propaganda machines. It's all BS. Like, imagine like I interviewed Brian Artis, and he's saying take an aspirin a day. It's been okay. It's Bayer, but it's been around as an anticoagulating agent. And like on clockwork, Lester fucking Holt on NBC is saying that they are retracting now their guidelines for aspirin. Like how much more evil do you want to be? Like straight up, we want your blood to clot. But I feel like we're winning because you look at like, you know, Kyrie, this is one thing and I'd like to get everybody's opinion on this. One thing that I like is that the opinion on COVID or the vaccine or the lockdowns is finally starting to become less political, right? Because when you look at like the NBA, it seemed like everybody was on board the Black Lives Matter movement. There were, you know, that the slogans on their shirts or their jerseys, they, you know, everybody was kind of uh, pushing that narrative and it was like the anti-Trump thing. And now it's like, now that COVID's become like not about Trump so much and people are looking at it like, okay, does, does this make logical sense? You're starting to see tons of NBA players and athletes speak out against it. And you see Kyrie Irving, you know, I, I have a Boston Celtics Kyrie Irving jersey that I thought I'd never wear again. And now I'm going to start proudly wearing it again because, you know, I, I love the fact that he's sticking to his guns and he's, you know, and the thing about people like Rogan or Kyrie, People, believe it or not, like people listen. I mean, people listen to fucking Nicki Minaj's opinion. You know, if like the fans of Nicki Minaj. That's scary. (laughs) But it's true. Like there's people, young people idolize these these celebrities. And if they say, I mean, why do you think they get paid so much to say, hey, drink this soda? Because people will drink that fucking soda because that idiot is holding it. I mean, uh, so the fact that some people who do have a huge audience is at least questioning it and planting that seed, I think is a good thing. Ricky, as a um, as an ex-professional fighter and an ex-professional rugby league player, I couldn't agree more. I think the social construct that these guys have, they do have a responsibility to push back on these things. And I think the best way to explain the, the Sanjay Gupta um, interview would be 
it's almost like the kid at school that was never allowed to play the game. And he did beg Joe Rogan to go on his show. I know he did. And it was in the opening. Want to look. And then you finally let him jump in. He takes his shot as close as he can to the basket and doesn't even hit the basketball board. And then what he does is he walks away and says to his mom, yep, I nailed it. And his mom goes, yeah, you nailed it, son. And then goes over to the dad and said, you should have seen how brilliant he was. That's exactly what played out on that Rogan show. I think that's spot on. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It totally happened. He went back to his buddy, Don Lemon, and said, didn't we do such a great job? Don Lemon. <laughs> you know Don Lemon, who's up on sexual assault charges? That guy? He went to Don, that guy and said, look what a good job I did on Rogan when I embarrassed myself. And, and then the whole no idea the whole gets around them and they're yeah, cheering. They probably throw a party for him. And how are they ever going to learn? Or is it that they don't want to learn? I don't believe they do at this stage. They're playing a completely different game. Well, just look what happened to Kyrie Irving, right? He was, he was the voice of uh, last summer. He was, he was the voice of this new goal, right? We're going to, everybody, we're going to, we're going to raise the black community. We're going to raise this awareness. We're going to do all this great stuff. Kyrie Irving is taking the lead in that. He's socially aware. He's, he's into these things to the point where people even question if he really loves basketball because he's so into this stuff. But the minute he gets off of that narrative, the established narrative, he's crazy Kyrie again, flat earth guy, uh, believes all kinds of crazy, anti-vaxxer, you know, crazy. So what happened last last summer? Last summer he was good when he was on the agenda, and then the minute he gets takes that detour off, it's so long. The guy's putting $40 million on the line. I'd he's say he's got as much of a, a right to his opinion than anybody at this point because he's, he's the one who's actually saying, I'm not getting a paycheck now because of this. So, so actually, that is a guy I'd listen to. And, 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 I, and there's been times, listen, I worked in sports media. I understand what the media can do. The media is no good. That's part of the reason why I dislike them the way I do. Because I, I watch what they do to these kids coming out of school. They, they mess with them. Kyrie's smart. He knows, he knows how that works. He's always been very, very uh, standoffish with the media, and I think with good reason, and they hate him for it because he makes them look kind of stupid. So I, it's, it's interesting to watch, you know, it's interesting to watch any of these guys that are all, they're so brilliant and they're so great. And they're so all these, all these amazing things, but God, all you have to do is just have one idea that doesn't fall in line with the rest of the group. And they will excommunicate your ass immediately, call you anti-science, tell you, you don't have a right to, to have a voice in this, even though you're losing $40 million that he's not earning because he won't, he won't get on board with this. So it's, it's just insane. Everything's backwards. And look at it in contrast to last year, Charlie, to make your point. He's doing it at the top of his game, whereas last year, Colin Kaepernick did it as a bench player to almost save his career. And because his narrative fit, it was run with. And, you know, he turned himself from an average sports person into a, almost like a global star because he fit what they were trying to push. But he didn't fit it at first. He was a couple years too early, and they pulverized him for that, right? Remember? And even now the Gruden emails are coming out saying, oh, get rid of that guy and everything. So it's like, you can't be too early, and you can't be too late, and you can't get off the established narrative, because if you do, but if you time it just right, all of a sudden Colin Kaepernick is back. He's the hero. Roger Goodell is having him come out. Let's do all this. Let's talk about uh, raising up the Black community. 
really? You, you, you fucking blackballed this guy for three years and pretended like you didn't. And he sued you and you settled because you knew that he, he was correct. And now you're going to parade him out here. You know, it's just, it's, it's, I'll tell you what, they're having a hard time. They, they learned this last year with the NBA bubble where they went the social justice route and watched all their ratings fall in the toilet. Watch the sponsors get pissed off and everything. People will vote with their eyeballs on this. I think people are sort of sick of it. And that whether it's CNN lying to you night after night or the NBA or the NFL, you know, putting all this woke messaging all over your face, the ratings will reflect that. And, and the, if it's not that it's the Grammys or the Oscars or whatever, they're all down. Get woke, go broke. Nobody's interested in it. And I think that extends as well to the vaccine narrative. It's people are fucking tired of it. Oh my God, so tired. I was going to say, I was going to say that when I learned that the CDC pays its employees to watch soap operas, of course, it consults on movies like Contagion and ER or whatever the hell's on television these days. It's, uh, it's like we're living in this reality and that's why they'll recirculate a character and now all of a sudden it's fine and people are memory hold and don't really keep track of details. And it's like just one really bad TV show. I just saw a headline. Should women manipulate men with sex in order to get them to get vaccinated? Oh, that's it's. It's just Looney Tunes. I'm pretty now. sure that's happened. I mean, I guarantee that's happened. <laughs> that's crazy. Just, I mean, because I, I, I say that because I hear people's reasons for getting vaccinated and they're all pretty pathetic and sex oh, would I definitely know. probably yeah. fall in that category. For, for, you know, the sheep people that want that before you have sex with someone, like... I could see it happening for sure. Two I'm laps around Talladega Speedway got it done too. <laughs> so you know a blowjob is definitely on the table. I do not want uh, vaccinated sperm as the woman here tonight. I just want to go on record. It's passing through the breast milk. There's cases of babies days after dying. Uh, mm. Looking at the mechanism, I've been commissioned to do a detox guide on the jab and so i'm not a scientist and i'm trying to understand this mechanism of not only getting spiked by second hand um when you hear walensky say oh if your children aren't vaccinated make sure that they're surrounded by vaccinated people it's like is there something more to that when there's people reporting like five-day headaches and it's real it sounds crazy and I don't know if you've heard of such stories of uh, secondhand, like basically the shedding, which is not making you contagious. It's almost like you've been, there's an electric, po uh, um, electric magnetic poisoning to it. Um, toxicity. Yeah, toxicity. Exactly, exactly. A toxicity to that because you're becoming a spike uh, factory. In any case, like it, it's... I think but this I will. Like, I feel like we're winning, I and mean, we have unions, okay, that got together and rallied against Trump, 
and now are rallying against uh, the mandates. Like, and we have, I mean, the, 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 have you guys heard that song? What is it called? Like, let's go Brandon or whatever. It's like, <laughs> have, have you heard that song yet? Yeah. It's a, the top song on iTunes. <laughs> and literally in the background, they're saying, fuck Joe Biden. And it, and it's nope. a, it's a black what dude. I- wearing a make a music great again hat and it's like i feel like this is crazy like this is crazy that we've gone to the point where dr sanjay gupta is being exposed on rogan as a a fraud and and we have unions coming together and and actually going against you know the mandates personally i almost feel like yeah you suppress the truth as long as you could but it's seeping out and people are slowly starting to realize the dangers of this vaccine well that could be but the difference between the states and a bunch of other countries i mean i think australia ian can speak for and i can speak for canada a little bit that it's not the same you know you guys held out long enough to make a difference uh but we didn't I just heard today that saying "Let's go, Brandon" is illegal in Canadian government now. I don't know if that was real or not, but that's yeah. That's I saw that meme long. too. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me for fuck's sakes. Yeah. Is it the song? Is like if is, you say if you like slip in like a "Let's go, Brandon." It, yeah. They'll. It's like it's going to be hate you. speech. <laughs> it's going to be hate yeah. speech soon, like official hate speech. You know what's crazy is that. I've considered myself liberal on a lot of things. And now I I'm like, these they're they're absolutely crazy people. Like they're they're crazy people. We had a situation, okay, in, in my town. And I my kids are are little, so they're they're six and five. So they're not going to a middle school yet. But in our middle school, our local middle school, there was a um a teacher or a librarian who was putting uh books in the library. Like apparently um, unknowingly to uh, the school uh, with gay sex, like cartoon gay sex, and then telling kids to go get the books and telling them where they are. And of course, you know, the forbidden fruit is sexy, right? It's a, you tell a kid not like, don't get this or don't do that. Or people start whispering and saying like, hey, did you hear about like this, these books with like cartoon gay sex? Like everybody want like all the kids start talking about it and all the kids want to get the books. And what ends up happening is there was a teacher that ended up exposing the fact that this was going on, which uh, apparently the librarian like was a cross dresser or whatever, which doesn't mean that you would do such a thing. But uh, there was such a, I guess, a concern about giving the cross dressing librarian a hard time about this that instead they fired the teacher. (laughs) who exposed all this and the books are still there. The teacher's now suing the school. And I I mean, like it's absurd that this is even a debate. Like an apparent that like Loudoun County, uh, the the thing that's going on in Loudoun, Virginia, similar thing where the girl was raped in the bathroom and they, they hit it. What? Oh, I heard something about this, but I don't know the details. What, what, what happened? Are you familiar with the details, Matt? I, I know a little bit. Uh, there was a student that was transgender uh, and had a reputation for sexually abusing uh, other students from another school, got transferred in, uh, raped a girl. The father came to a school board meeting and got arrested by the police for speaking out. 
And, and this happened at a Catholic church? No, I'm kidding. Because it's so oh, no. oh, yeah, yeah, right. It happened at a Catholic moving, church. Uh, public school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that same child, that same child then went on to do it again afterwards. Yeah, at a that's right. Place, uh, because, because the school board had, had shut it down and said that it wasn't true or, or stopped the father from raising this. It actually happened again at a different place. And this is why, this is why Crowder was removed from YouTube last week because he was right. reporting. That, oh, I know he got removed. That's why, because to That's report, one, yes, yeah, that is so, crazy. And, and uh, examinations of their public disclosure, because they're supposed to disclose any sort of activity like this for public record. The school had zero reports, zero reports, but there's now evidence that these things have been happening with regularity. Uh. It's a mess. It really is a mess. That that's insane. Well, that's the problem with these conversations is that everybody's so worried about being considered not sensitive or, or homophobe or whatever that nobody wants to have these discussions. I don't give a fuck. I'll I'll talk about anything and everything. Like I I don't I don't care because I know that I'm an honest person who's willing to see things from whatever perspective you're willing to bring to the table. It's like, I'm not going to dismiss your ideas. If you want to share your ideas, let's, let's explore them. Let's see if they make sense. Let's, let's discuss them. But the problem is so many people on, you know, on the left are so emotional and they're, they don't want to have logical conversations. They don't want to discuss this. They don't want to discuss any of this stuff. Like, so when, when I say things, you know, which pisses people off sometimes, but why is every other commercial have a cross-dresser or some gay people kissing or whatever. So it make it almost plants the seed in my children's minds that this is the majority of the population when it's a minority. And to me, it's not a, it's not about like dismissing it. Like, yeah, those people exist. I'm okay with it. I have relatives that are gay. I don't care. But it almost seems like you're force feeding a, a minority population and and trying to create this illusion that it's the majority. And then who knows what type of long-term effect that could have, you know, it's like, it's just, it, you're basically shaping the way they look at the world. And I don't think it, that's right. There, there you go, Ricky. It's called worldview warfare. And I have a, I have a new sentiment I'm going to live by from now on. It's I say, whatever the hell I feel like you choose to take offense. And then I choose whether I give a fuck. And it came from Ricky Gervais of all people. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I, I think the uh, like the whole thing about how it's such a sensitive topic, like to talk about something so fucked up as what we were just talking about. I mean, I think it just goes to show that the the woke thing is so much more of like a cult and a mind virus. And coming from like like when I was in college, over it's been like almost twelve years since I was in college, but the foundation of that leftist woke stuff was in kind of a normal state. And then literally over the course of the past 10 years, it's turned into kind of just like a, a weaponized sort of chaos, I feel like. And while all this other stuff is happening in the background. You might have like a so-called liberal teenager who starts getting obsessed with pronouns and bathrooms and genders. That's just like so disempowering. It's such a horrible thing to make your main focus. And there's hordes and hordes and hordes of people across the globe who are just obsessed with this woke stuff and just obsessed with gender 
And I, I really think it's like a weaponized psyop or if it wasn't organically created, it's become that. And like people just need to totally detox from any of that leftist thinking because Mm -hmm. you have to wonder like normal Democrats 10 years ago were the good guys in a lot of cases. And if they didn't, if they were just funneled in that one direction by now, they're obsessed with gender. They're obsessed with pronouns. They're obsessed with controlling language with vaccines. They threw the vaccines into this. So it's just like people just need to totally disengage and step away from anything that's like mainstream leftist. And it's definitely a psyop. Like as soon as Joey came into power, if you, if you ever do focus uh, group surveys or anything online, all of a sudden they incorporated like the gender different pull down to, and, and how you identify. And it all changed once Trump left just through a, like a psychological lens it's definitely trying to confuse, dilute, and make you believe that you're an individual. What? Because you have purple hair. Meanwhile, they're homogenizing everyone because people are not individuating. They're not having an inner practice. It's like a social media dopamine uh, virtual reality that we're heading into with no basis of history. Like we in our lifetime have seen how the it's been turned into the deadly insurrection. We have witnessed how something is completely flipped to the point of oblivion. It's like a parody. It's ridiculous. Cultural subversion by people that are very talented at this. And this is, it takes a, a variety of forms. And the woke component is, is definitely part of this, you know, but part of it is also common core math. Where you teach kids that three plus three times black four magic. equals eleven. If you can show your work, you'll get it right. You know, and like this is this is how you you set a time bomb on a culture that takes like one generation or two generations to go off. And when it goes off, man, it goes off big. We've already seen mm-hmm. the institute, the university system is completely infiltrated with this insane. I think you said it right, like mind virus of wokeism. It, it is it is doesn't make any sense to have safe spaces at colleges when you're trying to get people ready to go out into the real world and you offer them mm-hmm. a safe space or you agree to get their professor fired because he put in the syllabus a book that had references to slavery and that made you feel all icky inside. So we have to fire this guy. Like, what the fuck is going on? And this is being, like, normalized. And the fact that now kids are going to college expecting to have this is, like, it might be too late. You know, they've already put these seeds in for a while now. And I agree with Miriam. Like, with, with Biden, Biden has just normalized this insanity where it's like, you, they're, tell, they're literally instructing you to not believe your own eyes. Charlie, your episode that you released on subversion really opened my eyes to something because where we're, we're told we mustn't attribute malice when incompetence can be attributed. I think that could also be used the opposite way around. We shouldn't just assume that these are bumbling fools that don't know what they're doing. I think that there is a coerced effort to go through this stuff. And your subversion episode is one that I've been sharing throughout Twitter and everything, just trying to get people to have a look at what's been going on and the way that history isn't just repeating, but the rhythm of it and how all these things are starting to go again, it it highlights it perfectly within that 50 minutes. Thank you.
Thank you. Well, yeah, it seems like, you know, when, I mean, I hate to, I hate to pin everything on George Soros, the boogeyman, and I'm not trying to say that he is solely responsible for this, but let's talk about color revolutions, the rose revolution, the orange revolution, you know, he's part of these color, these color revolutions in foreign countries. I mean, I would suggest that, that in 2020, we had the black revolution, the black lives matter revolution led by Soros in this group as a part of cultural destabilization to, to set this country up. It's just to get everybody in a position where they don't know where they even, if they're standing on solid ground, you can't say any, you don't know what you're going to say on social media mm-hmm. that's going to get you thrown off. Yeah, you don't know what's going to get you ostracized down. by your friends, get you thrown out. You're going to be called a domestic terrorist for talking about things that a student at a, at a parent-teacher conference, um, they'll call you a domestic terrorist and, and call the police on you. Like, what sort of psychological toll does this take on people? This is what you do when you are trying to make them crazy and rise up. And, and I feel like we're, like, in this big pressure cooker. And, and for, for having the audacity to see this and talk about it, I have been called every name in the book, you know? It's just, it's like, I feel like if you're not going to recognize it, then have fun. Go mm-hmm. walk right into the boxcars and get resettled in the East, you fucking dummy. Absolutely. If you can't recognize it, then good luck to you. Charlie, there's a lot of people that I have speak to that are at that phase, definitely. It's like amazing Polly had said a while ago. It's like, just go back to the soil then. Um, you have to save yourself, put your oxygen mask down. I think BLM was definitely to go also, George Floyd, to go from virus to violence and to target the Black Lives Matter. Like I'm here now in Florida and I'm like doing Facebook Live, walking down the boardwalk. I'm like, hey, brother, you going to get that poisonous jab? No way. Fuck that, sister. I'm like, that's right. You know what's up. They know what's up. This all this propaganda. This is conscious to go after the kaching kaching Black Lives Matter. It's it's maniacal. I want to say to the audience and to you that I got on my phone an SMS text, and it was a survey: help save America against COVID. And having minored in psychology, I'm like, I'm going to spy. I'm going to take this. Of course, I aborted when they asked for my address, but they were basically sussing out. Are you hungry? Have you been hurting for food recently? How much food have you eaten? Have you had a wellness check and mentally been evaluated? And then la pièce de résistance. Are you vaccinated? And then asking, I said, no. Why are you? Check all the reasons why you're not vaccinated, none of which say, yo mofo, I got COVID and I have antibodies. That's not even a consideration. And then next page, uh, give us your address. So what, when, when the Gestapo comes, oh, I know this person's been hurting for food. You're going to get it that jab if you want to eat or you're going to have a wellness check because apparently you're mentally ill. Let's take you away. This is like, I cannot believe this is the government census. What's up, Ernie? Thanks for being with us, bud. I think he's still uh, zeroing himself. And I'm still setting up. We just pulled in from, you know, traveling. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I you know, I I don't want to get off topic. You guys go because I got some questions. <laughs> well, well, I just got thinking about the um when we were talking about how BLM was just weaponized, like the timing of all of that was just perfect because people were coming off of the first COVID winter. I mean, that was summer of 2020. And I just remember the like bullying of people on social media, like like virtue signaling, like I donated $10 to Black Lives Matter. Here's my sticker. And people were literally like, what have, What are you doing, white person? Like, what are you doing? And then they were just encouraging you to just donate to Black Lives Matter. And then you re- later find out that that is just an election fund for Joe Biden. Like, so even just that fact, like you're, you're getting played by the man, like the fucking old white man, Joe Biden. These people are just somehow being like, okay, well, if he, if he talks about pronouns or if he talks about, um, you know, like BLM stuff, then whatever, he's on our side. I'm like, this is the freaking patriarchy that these people are obsessed with. And it was just so damn weaponized right after the first like trauma psyop of COVID. And luckily it's, I feel like it has cooled down, but just reflecting on the summer of 2020, that was just some like controlled chaos, disruptive, like psychological warfare. So the leftist stuff, the woke stuff is totally, you know, a part of all of this and how we're here right now. I feel like. Don't forget it might even go deeper than that opportunity zones gentrifying cities i mean you know the, the multiple things were going on at the, that, that, that burning time. city burning evidence there's a whole slew of, consider also the mask mandates like the day george floyd died only thomas lane is wearing a mask then on the steps of the city hall jacob fry and everybody he institutes his mask mandate and then it goes hand in hand with George Floyd's I can't breathe. And you wear your face diaper for how many seconds? I know I say I can't breathe. So I think it's 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 all a big F you just hidden in plain sight. But I, I do feel like we're we're winning a little bit. I mean, some of the discussions, I mean, think about like 2020 the height of the lockdown to think that somebody a doctor from cnn would eventually be on joe rogan and joe rogan would be openly speaking about his skepticism of the vaccine to you know on the biggest podcast in the world and all those people are listening and just the fact that he's planting a little bit of a small seed of doubt in so many people's minds and then the fact that he's he's had uh, wine scene on after uh, the Dark Horse podcast had issues and he came on and talked about Robert Malone and talked about uh, the la- uh, lab leak theory and all this stuff. I mean, it just, to me, and then the fact that, like I said, unions are are now openly going against the mandates and 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 talking about being skeptical of the vaccine. And, and in Massachusetts, our state cop union, one of them is now Going, uh, suing the state or something like that, or pushing back because they had a uh, somebody, a high-ranked uh, police officer, uh, be hospitalized after getting the vaccine, and you're you're, ta- you're hearing stories about uh, the airlines, right? They're striking, and and all that stuff. I mean, Southwest, and I mean, just uh, it, it's like they're 
creating such a disaster. It's like, how long can they keep this up before they have to give in a little bit? Or do do they not give in? They're not I mean, going to. It may feel like we're winning, but yeah, we I haven't we haven't they're... seen anything uh, yet. The supply line is very tenuous. I mean, we got cargo ships backed up on the West Coast. I mean, most of the grocery stores still have some food in them, but we haven't seen anything yet. Wait until May next. In fact, wait till February next year. You'll you'll see some shit then. And isn't that's that the U.S. Pluto return is in February? That's correct. <laughs> isn't that because Joe Biden has done such a good job in bringing the economy out that everybody's ordering stuff? Isn't that what they're saying now? <laughs> well, with Cosmic Keys, uh, is that what you said? Uh, you, you mentioned Pluto's return in February. And yeah, yeah. You should uh, talk about all the leaders that have died during Pluto's return. And then it just kind of like, okay, it's, this is all cosmic here at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, like Pluto is like the furthest out planet. And like, according to astrology, it's kind of just like the death and rebirth planet. And, and when you look at when Pluto changes signs in the Zodiac, that's usually when big shifts happen. And basically it, it takes like over 250 years for Pluto to do a full loop. And we're getting to the point where it was at the very moment the U.S. was born. So if this is like the death and rebirth planet, it started the cycle in 2008 because it entered Capricorn in 2008. And then it doesn't leave Capricorn until like 20... It doesn't fully leave until like 2025. But the so like the whole story began in 2008 for this like destruction or rebirth of America. And it's peaking in February and it won't totally end until like 2025. So that's kind of a, we're, go, we're going through the destruction and it's like, well, what, what is the rebirth going to look like? Are we going to be China with a bunch of they, them, like soy boys running the world or is America like the actual country, what we were founded on, the principles of freedom and liberty, is that going to survive? So I feel like, you know, the destruction's here. It's really contingent if this country does indeed fall. This is the empire that they want to, they're hell bent on, on destructing, whether it's like through all these covert operations like Hamas or Muslim Brotherhood or... BLM, all these different avenues in which they're like slowly chipping away, chipping away, confusing, poisoning, maiming. And uh, are we the last of the non-genetically modified humans? Like what we have to, you know, stay grounded in spirit and what's, what's important. You know, I'm, I'm, I want to comment on this. The, um, Target is the American people. This has been a, a targeted effort to that last splinter in the collective mind of the planet is that the promise of what America was, the promise of the Declaration of Independence, the promise of proper rule of government, the promise of lenialism, that is what is being attacked in my estimation. Because if they don't get rid of the middle class, if they don't get rid of the financial power of the people in this country, if they don't get rid of the the idea of entrepreneurs that can do it themselves, no, it takes a village and and we all built your business and we got, I mean, we've heard it over the years. They have to kill the idea of America. And I remember in the movie Spartacus, uh, Lawrence Olivier 
uh, was it Lawrence? Yeah, I think it was Lawrence Olivier. He goes to the Tony Curtis character and he goes, if Rome didn't exist, we would dream of her. And that's how I think of America. If it didn't exist, the idea of meritocracy and all this other stuff, we would have, uh, you know, gravitate towards that idea and anybody that promised it. So whenever these dictators, you know, on a local level and now a global level, it's, you know, before it was always, oh, I'm going to give you freedom and you're going to do a business and you get the, they always promised their people what they were promising in America. And now it looks like they're promising, uh, they think that they have changed us to prefer enslavement. You'll own nothing and like it. So mm-hmm. I have gotten the idea that they've bitten off way more than what they can control. And that's one thing, you know, Rome convinced us of, you know, taught us is that conquer is easy. Control is not. And they feel that they can conquer and they're thinking short term, this election, this policy, this school board meeting, this community, this. And what they don't realize is the tighter their fist, the more star systems leaking. And those leaks are coming from everywhere. What I was worried about was that these guys, the World Economic Forum, Bilderberg, Secret Handshake Club, a fill in the blank, they all overlap and board of directors of all these different companies. You go, why would they do this? Southwest Airlines out of Arizona was always considered, you know, kind of the people's airline and freedom and, you know, leave me alone. I just got this. We we're using it on the show. World Economic Forum listing of Gary C. Kelly, the executive chairman of the board, president and chief executive officer of Southwest Airlines. So Southwest Airlines is World Economic Forum. So, of course, he's going to be, you know, pushing this. And we have the airlines are there's no coordinated nothing or no you know, there are pushbacks from uh, high-ranking everybody in a lot of different things. You know, and the firefighters and the policemen and, you know, federal workers and air traffic controllers and airlines and on and on and on. But are they pulling back? No. I think this is planned. I think they know that it's going to get bad. They want it to get bad. And then we found out that the shipping problems, the bottleneck in L.A. ports is, you know, one of the big reasons is California passed, um, um, I don't know, policy law, whatever the hell they do, that you can only pick up cargo at the port. The truck that you have is less than three years old or is electric. So nobody, all these trucks are waiting to go in there and alleviate the line, but they can't unload the, nobody's getting you know, the um, containers. And why? Because it's a big freaking rigmarole. There's only certain trucks can do it. You're having to deal with paperwork. They're doing it on purpose. So once we come to the conclusion that they're trying to crash it and that this is, then what? What's next? You know, it's going to be making them obsolete, alternative uh, to everything. You know, which is getting into what our next phase is. 
but I'm it's it this they got it planned. This is on purpose. So are you are you uh, aware? I'm trying to book a ticket to go to Nashville to the Truth About Cancer, and tickets have been dirt cheap, and they're called United. They they're charging two thousand dollars for a round trip where just from San Francisco to Miami, I one way I paid 174 and now I'm about to, to pay 2K. And they're using, they're like, we're using Mesa Airlines that's doing business as United Express. And I'm like, Mesa, like I travel a lot. Have you, have you heard of Mesa? M-E-S-A? No, so then I, I haven't. I, this is we we were in a bus, so I get to go over to hell I want. But you know the flight stuff that we check on for various different things. United was always the biggest problem at the end. You had to look at when you booked it. If it was at the end of the month, they ran their um, pilots so tight on their hours, only allowed so many hours. And by the end of the month, if they had a snow delay or they're sitting on the airline, you know, at the airport on the tarmac to get to the net, whatever, all of a sudden they're over hours and they can't work. So they would just take it. So at the end of the month, it happened to me several times over the years. So I don't do United because they don't have enough backup uh, pilots or schedule it you know, good enough because in the last couple of days of the month, all their pilots time out. Well, and not they to mention so uh, what, and you know, what else is really, really happening with uh, pilots and everybody. But the, the point is, what are these, what I was trying to say, like, have you heard of Mesa? And then you go online, it's like alternative airlines. What? Who are owning these? Where did they come from? What's really going on now behind it Was this- it planned? <laughs> Miriam, this has been happening in Australia for probably two years now, which is probably the precursor for, for everything. They seem to be using Australia as a, as a bit of a test of what's going to be pushed to you guys. So Virgin, Virgin Australia over here have been using subcontractors called Alliance Airlines, who are, like you said, very never heard of them before. But now they have their own fleet. And if you buy a ticket through Virgin, you get to the airport and you, you end up on an Alliance aircraft. You don't have anything to do with Virgin throughout. I mean, you have to think, so when did these companies sprout, like, like sprout forth? When did they buy their fleet of airplanes? Where, what is this? Co- I mean, I just found out about it, so I'll do a deeper. No, it's popular a lot more than you think. When you go in the Northeast, like you're going from Boston to Maine, or you get to these hubs and you go to these smaller states and stuff, it's always an alliance with the airline because you'll buy a United ticket, but then you'll be on, yeah, I think they call it Avion or Alliance or where there's a bunch of them. You know, you go into the Pacific Northwest and to Spokane from, you know, LAX or something like that. Or when you get to Seattle, I've been plenty of times that they're these small jets or they're maybe turboprops. You know, they're just these regional airlines contract with the big ones. I've seen that a lot. Which they're having to employ now because of what's really happening with the jab and the pushbacks, I'm sure. I mean, uh, all of a sudden, if you've been traveling during the first beginnings of the Rona, um, I'm put. I'll put the link. Alternative Airlines. You can find 160 pay for flights in over 160 different currencies. No additional cost. Over 600 airlines to choose from. It's interesting. 
what's really going on? Um, well, Charlie wrote the book, The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. And it's like, this seems controlled. I mean, even to man the vaccine for huge swaps of people like military, police force, like even just when half of them walk away or protest it, then you have half your police force or half your military. So it seems, it just seems like even that the idea of mandating it and the idea of mass um, exit from a workforce that's controlled chaos too. So um, I, who knows where we're going to be, you know, literally a couple months from now after like all of this unfolds. Um, I'll I'll tell you what, if they bring the blue helmets in, we've got big problems. So if, you know, if the police walk off uh, due to the vax mandate, I'm all on, I'm on board with that. If the military walks out, you know, because of the mandate, I'm, I'm on that side. But be very careful what they use to fill in that gap. If they use the United Nations. Exactly. It's no good. Well, man. NATO That's- has already come in to the Norfolk Navy base. When I first heard of that last month, I'm going the hell is NATO doing? What the hell is NATO anyway? You know, but I sure don't want them having a base here in the U.S. You know, get away from that. See, I kind of disagree a little bit with just things getting worse next year. I feel like the way they keep control is to make sure people do have the necessities to some extent. Because think about it like the second they have complete chaos where you know it's uncontrollable then you know they basically have lost control like i feel like they just they keep us wanting more but they keep giving us a little bit to keep us happy you know so it's like there might be food shortages there might be but everybody's going to have you know some type of resources because if you look at historically a lot of revolutions they happen when you finally don't have those necessities. That's when everybody finds like I've had enough. We're going out to the streets, or we're gonna, you know, get violent or whatever because we have nothing to lose. You know, so um, I'm curious if it'll, it'll get that far. I know a lot of people believe it, it it will at some point, or you know, this is a perfect way to kind of get us into the universal basic income conversation, right? Get everybody on the government tit, so and then everybody's just dependent on it, and then it's hard to turn on or hate or or turn against the government when they're the ones feeding you and keeping you surviving. What's up, Sam? What's up, guys? Sorry I'm late. <laughs> You're right Damn, on Sam, happening. Oh, yeah, no, I'm thinking what's going to happen on purpose and to do you always look at their playbook and what are they going to do and why. It always comes down to the banking thing. They're going to want to have GoldmanSucks.gov coin. It's going to be universal basic income on your smartphone for grandma and the new digital purple money. You know, the script or whatever. So this is what their goal is. And it's going to come along with uh, the COVID tracing of your Google phone of whatever the hell. This is what their goal is. They need a surveillance state. They need to have social credit scores. They need to have behavior modification. It's always been social and economic engineering. So if you're not doing something alternative, you know, blackmarketfridays.com kind of stuff. If you're not learning crypto, if you're not learning barter, if you're not sourcing your food 
and your milk and your water and whatever somewhere else. You're not getting alternative. You're not the next phase that we are as we end the Love Bus Liberty tour is we're starting to build homes. You know, I've been, you know, doing the geodesic thing and we have Aircrete and we just left today. You know, Oklahoma, a place where uh, uh, one of the IT guys um, is building his sister a uh, Aircrete dome home, and we just finished laying out and did the trenching and put in the plumbing and all that kind of. And it's going to—he's like in two months, he's going to have a big boom rock and roll. So what we're doing is we're starting to get the equipment, and uh, we're building one in Camp Verde, Arizona, it's like halfway between Phoenix and Flagstaff, and from that we're refining the equipment to go up in May in Washington State to do five more, and then we're getting it down to where we're going to start building a bunch. Because a lot of the um, communities, everybody's talking community. I go, yeah, what are you living in? I mean, you know, it's coming down to that. We focused on communication with IPFS. We focused on energy with solar and a bunch of other stuff. We focused on, you know, health and education and automation and, you know, build a ship and a bunch of other things. But the final one, because Donna and I, this is the promise I made my wife. When we got done with this trip, we built in our own home. And it's going to be kind of we're there forever and always and the man can suck it. So that's what we're learning how to do. We've been doing a lot of studying and, uh, you know, doing our domes and our aquaponic dome and all this other stuff so we got enough knowledge that now we're putting into practical use for that we're going to share it with communities because all these communities i just had you know verstappen or whatever his name is on you know we um had a good conversation everybody encouraged me to talk to him and yeah in your community what do i have to do what can't i like resolution well, most people, we just left an event. You know, Derek Bros gave a great performance. I've been to probably four of them. We kind of overlap them. This one was great because he was talking to like-minded people. A lot of times they're kind of, you know, different perspective. But this were the voluntarists. This was the libertarian anarchist, leave me alone as people. And it was really intimate. And the people were really happy to have this conversation. And it's coming down to... Of course, the bad guys want you to be violent. Of course, they want you, you know, to, uh, you know, react or trying to make you do that. But what if you just ignored them? You know, what if you just, I don't care. You guys, we're just making you obsolete. We're going to go have our own thing and, you know, be all environmental and healthy and whatever. Isn't that what you guys wanted? You know, of course not. They want control. But I'm seeing that housing is the ultimate be all end all because you'll spend your entire life to try and save up enough money to retire and have a nice place where it's paid off and leave me alone. Where if you were diligent and you're left alone to do it and you're 25 and you just got married and have one baby, you could do it your freaking self and in the community of people. That's not a hippie commune. It's a community. You know, it's where, I, you know, building a home and, and we're self-sustaining, and I got energy in my big screen TV, and every you know evening I watch the sunset. So you can do that now. Distracting you from is that well, no, you got to do 30, 40 years of paying 
interest in a mortgage and you got it, you're all in, you know, your retirement's all in. Okay, it's ours now. Well, they keep doing that. I'm old enough to have seen them do it at least three or four times that they just take everybody's retirement, everybody's savings, everybody, all the savings that people had over the last year, and it's gone. You know, I save it for raining. Rain Okay, and going, this keeps happening over and over. And one of the solutions is community to where you're supported and you come with an ad with your own product or services or whatever. And you have a, a an ecosystem that's just better. And you can still have the modern conveniences. I'm man, I'm freaking having me in the automation categories on Pirates Outboards and so on. Definitely step motors and actuators and Arduino Raspberry Pis that you know feed the chickens, mow the lawn, and do whatever. Because you know I can. So this is I'm seeing that we're going to have a much brighter and better life, and educating our own and getting them out of all this crap. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm very optimistic about the future, but we have to go through the ashes before we get the Freedom's Phoenix thing. And that is because this is planned. It has always been. And whenever you scratch the surface, it's usually at the county level and it's sustainable development. It's always going to be sustainable something. Well, when we make them obsolete, we're done. You know, so that's everything that we've been doing is building up to making them obsolete. And the next thing we're doing after this trip is houses, aircrete with graphene in it. And, you know, we're experimenting with that, and it's going to be amazing. You guys pay attention to that. It won't be a secret by May. Hey, Sam, to get your opinion on a topic that I know you're, uh, you know, you're pretty you pay attention to. We were talking about how some of the athletes and Kyrie Irving and everybody, um, how it, the the issue of the COVID vaccine has become a little less political. It seems like it's not a pro or anti-Trump stance anymore. And you're starting to see athletes that were very anti-Trump be anti-mandates. Do you, do you feel like that's a step in the right direction? What's your opinion on all that stuff? Well, I think it's the cool. biggest thing right now is that we're seeing that, you know, Everything is being exposed. It wasn't really about, you know, being uh, being able to speak your mind. It was like, as long as you're saying what we want you to say, we're going to let you do what you want to do. And here we have Kyrie Irving, and he's pushing back. And literally, the NBA is telling him to shut up and dribble. And a lot of people are saying that it's not the NBA, that's actually New York. But the Nets have made a very, uh, they've taken a stance on it, which is, you, he can't play. We don't want him playing. And they could easily go, hey, fuck you. We'll just move our games. You can keep no, but they're they're taking it out on these guys. I mean, Andrew Wiggins got basically bullied into getting the shot by the most woke team ever. I mean, Steve Kerr couldn't stop rallying against Trump, and then boom! All of a sudden, Andrew Wiggins gets his uh, shot, and you could just tell he didn't want to do it. And this is the wonderful thing of the internet: everything's getting exposed. The hypocrisy of everything. There's this really great uh, Twitter feed, which is called like Defiant L's, where they show all these people who are like anti-vax mandate when Trump was trying to do it. And then all of a sudden, now they're like pro-Trump, pro-vaccine uh, mandate. So the hypocrisy is real. You see it all the time. And I've always said this, the NBA is the most corporate of corporate gigs. It's so corporate. And they just expose themselves. And the problem with the NBA is with 
they're kind of protected right now because there's all these multiple revenue streams coming in. How long till Netflix and Amazon and all these other places start trying to show games, which is allowing the revenue to go up. So they're not feeling it right now, but they're going to, they're going to, when their viewership is down, I love basketball. It's in my bones, man. It's in my bones. I've been watching basketball since 1984, literally. So I think Andrew uh, Adam Silver is the worst in, in, the, in the history. Right now, we're in an era of garbage, garbage commissioners. Adam Silver is the Michael Jordan of garbage, garbage commissioners. Garbage. He's garbage. He looks like an alien lizard person, and he's garbage. And he just keeps everything he does makes the league worse. It makes it worse. The game is hard to watch. And now you got this empowerment of players as long as they're doing the things you like. And he's getting exposed left and right. But it's like, I, I also see people starting to get away from colored lines. And, and, and people are starting to come together, which is their biggest fear, is that we all come together. And how many, how many people on the right are supporting Kyrie Irving right now? Even though their politics are probably completely different. They're really supporting it. And it's a wonderful time. To be alive and i'm like graham i have a lot of optimism for the future man i think this covid shit is just crashing and burning in real time and everybody thinks this is always part of their plan too right like oh dude this is what they wanted because you know then they got this other step dude it's impossible to control all this stuff there's that old there's that saying it's easier now to kill a million people than it is to control a million people they're losing control of this in real time so i have a lot of hope for the future and i think it's bright and my whole opinion by the end of 2022 we're going to get through this and the old system will die the people in charge right now have been running stuff since about the 1600s it's coming to an end i believe these low frequency demon people are losing control and the people of the light are taking over and that's kind of my opinion I think to touch on, on Sam, I think the market will decide. Have a look at what happened with the UFC last year when they said, listen, people are here to watch knockouts and sweaty feet kicking each other in the nuts. They're not here to listen about my opinion on social events. UFC sold out a fortune of events when they were holding behind closed doors. And Sam, you probably know more about the basketball numbers, but I don't think they were very pretty last year. But and that's because a lot of people. Oh, everybody was down. NFL, NBA were down 30, 40%. This is a financial Armageddon for them, but they don't care. Well, China runs the NBA. I mean, there's more Chinese NBA fans than there are people in the U.S. Well, I want to say one thing real quick this John Gruden thing versus Dave Chappelle thing, it's, this is all cultural Marxism for me. Right? That like, why are some people being elevated and other people being annihilated? And it's it, where are John Gruden's emails? Where are they? Where are these emails? Has anyone actually seen them, or have you seen people tell you what they are? But he steps down. Now you got this guy going down who's like, oh, the, you know, the white patriarchy. And then you have like, if you study cultural Marxism, it's about raising up the ethnic minorities. Now Dave Chappelle is like some some f fucking superstar, and everyone's like, oh my god, thank you so much. And it's like, I really support Dave Chappelle, but it's like. He's offending a guy that did something no different than what Gruden supposedly did. That's bad. But one lost his job, one's being elevated. What I find really funny is that the person who's trying to go after Dave Chappelle 
is this white trans who's running a show called Dear White People. So, like, literally, she's born a man, white man, transitioned into a white woman. She's literally white people. She's both sides of the argument. So she's talking to her fucking self. Imagine having to go to a on set being a black actor and having a white trans tell you how to act on your black show, right? And she's getting mad because you're making fun of a particular group. But that's all her show is doing. It's embarrassing. And the hypocrisy is real and shown in real time. And that's why more and more people are waking up to it. Yeah, I, I think... Uh my to, to try to be optimistic right now i'm waiting for like a renaissance of like real creative people who didn't go woke and what were what have they been working on and what is all this like chaos kind of been churning over the years like there's going to be some type of like artistic or creative explosion that like has to happen at a certain point it's kind of just a question of how long it will take but the woke stuff like it's getting to the point where no one wants to touch it with a 10 foot pole and everything that's attached to the woke stuff literally could mean just like living in a communist country. If you take it that far and let it run you that much, it seems like such a horrible alternative. So even like sort of quote unquote liberal people that I know that like work in corporate settings, they're like, what's with the she slash her in my coworkers, uh, profile or whatever and it like a lot of so-called liberal people are just catching up to like the implications of how retarded this all is so i'm hopeful too that people are waking up and um even people who you would think oh they've been on board with covid they've been on board with all of this stuff i think it's getting so absurd that we're like right in between when a lot of people are about to to change their opinion about it Uh, i'm begging for us for a blazing saddles or airplane style movie to be made about all the wokeness, you know, for some director and some, some really funny writers to just come in and put out one of those legendary movies that just sort of showcases. Charlie, it's coming. It's coming, man. It's It's, coming. It's gotta be, it's writing itself right now. You know, I think there's so, Charlie, I'm working with this this production company called Elride Productions. Mm-hmm. And what they're working on right now is huge. Dave Lugo, we got to get him on the show to talk about all this stuff. But just so you know, there's a bunch of very successful people in old Hollywood that are really disgusted by what's being turned out right now. So they're taking their money. So, uh, so there's a story that goes on that the BLM people approached the Golden Globes and said, we want you to fire your entire board. We're going to be your board and you're going to pay us all this. And they were like, go fuck yourself. And there's a bunch of people like that that are now funding independent content creating and it's coming and it's going to, and when it hits, it's going to just destroy everything else. The structure Mm -hmm. of the way they're going to put out the thing put out the content is in fact being built right now. And once it's there, it's going to be not, I mean, YouTube is garbage now. All mm. the danger's gone. Well, nobody's going there anymore. We just got to set up the proper channels for people to be able to watch it. And I think we're going to take, I really do think we're going to take over. And I know everybody thinks the internet, they control it. I, you know me, I'm a crazy person. I think there's entities of light that aren't allowing them 
to control the internet. These forces of darkness, they're trying to shut everything down. There's people of light that are too. And I think the future's bright and I'm going to shut up. I don't know. I hope you guys are right. I mean, that's the entertainment industry, but this is still affecting normal people and normal corporations and normal jobs where this woke culture is ruining fucking people's lives. People are getting canceled still. Corporations are having real troubles dealing with this offense. People being offended over everything. I mean, there's no personal accountability anymore. So I hope you guys are right. Well, if the pendulum pendulum's not you know, like coming back this way, it sure as hell slowing down. You know, I, I can, you know, I, I mean, of course, all of us, you know, pay attention to a lot of this stuff from different perspectives, but it's been a long time coming. This is not going to, I'm, I'm more encouraged. You know, my wife gets mad at me because she'll, she got sad one uh, evening uh, a couple of ago. They're really good. They're, you know, this is, I'm like, yeah, isn't it great? You know, this is awesome. They're, and she goes, what? Got all mad. And I'm saying, look, they, I don't have to convince anybody anymore. This so freaking dumb, flashing obvious. What they're doing, how, why, in. You know, now we can get to the next step. You know, the solution part. You know, the example, the inspiration, I'm obsolete, and the alternatives and all that. I want to ask Sam, you know, what? What's the mechanism they're going to use? Are they going to, you know, use some cable network or some band of the internet or some, you know, uh, broadcast NBC is going to turn or all the World Economic Forum Bilderberg guys gets arrested? I mean, what's the mechanism you think they're going to be able to use the media to expose it? Uh, I, I think people are going to move on from the media. And I think you're going to see people, I think you're going to see people going to alternative platforms like, Rockfin, like Odyssey, like Rumble, like all these places. And then you're going to have people who, the, the the key is the money. Can you get the money? And there are, like I said, people are very concerned about where this country's going. They have deep, deep, deep pockets that are going to fund this kind of counterculture, this, I believe, real counterculture moves that's going on. I, again, I'm super optimistic. I'd rather live in the light than, you know, just shrivel in the dark. So I think you're going to see alternative platforms. And the key is you kind of got to come in in super shiny because if you're not, people are going to move on. You can't be YouTube when it started. You have to look like YouTube today. And these people are doing that. And I just have hope. You know, I'm working on a uh, movie right now that I wrote. Didn't think anything was going to happen with it. Dave Lugo, Elride is getting funding for it. It looks like you know, every level keeps getting, you know, knocked, uh, checked off. And tomorrow we might get called. It's not happening. That's life. But I have a lot of hope, brothers and sisters, that we're winning this battle and they're losing the battle. That's just my opinion. Well, I mean, that again, that seems to me like that could be the States. But what about you, Ian, in uh, Australia? What's going yeah, on my, there? My biggest concern here in Australia is... You know, they've given all these dates that we could be having freedom, you know, and they say freedom as if they're giving us everything back when really they're just giving what they've taken. But there's still plans to be building these concentration camps for 2024. So we mustn't assume that they're just happy to roll over. There is a long game on the other side of this. 
you know, uh, my perspective is I'm one, I'm not really an optimist, uh, but I also have hope. But I, I appreciate one that I don't like the word solution. I don't think that there are solutions to this problem. This is not Luke Skywalker using the force to blow up the Death Star. That's just not the way reality works. This is eternal battle, and we have to get our mind in that zone. We're going to lose, we're going to win, but we have to keep fighting, period. And that's my, uh, to take some form of white pill on this, I think the people that are calling for violence right now, you know, these purple herd warriors, the fat bastards, um, look, I have a PhD in violence and I'm happy to go violent. So, and me and my friends, we will fight back when we need to. So these people that are, that are waging war on, on normal people that don't want to give a fuck about this, they're going to be the losers, but it's just what happens in between now and then, I believe. Yeah, I completely like agree with that. Well, the idea of eternal vigilance is I mean, that's what they were. They said you, you, you're going to have to stay vigilant on these people because sociopaths you know the psychopaths sociopaths always been around they always gravitate to power they always you know want the shiny badge and we're supposed to you know mm -hmm. convince that we need to have a government to protect us from them and then people we want to use government to protect us from it was a shiny badge and then you know here we are this eternal vigilance is Yeah, I think like uh, I'm trying to think of it as kind of like a cyberpunk thing just because like there's so much weird like blockchain technology that's we're just getting hit with. Like it's about to just roll forward and people like us, I guess, you know, who are trying to be optimistic and trying to steer things in a certain direction, like there's crazy wealth opportunities just in that new environment like nfts like you could i mean a jpeg is being traded and like prices are volatile like so if people like us I, who are trying to fight against the the bullshit in the world like we could almost like hack the new game and really gain wealth and gain like build new digital platforms and stuff like that so it's like a dark kind of dystopian future on one angle but it's kind of like also a, a, like a crazy game, like video game world in, at the same time. So there's tremendous opportunities in, in this, like, you know, when Ber Berwick and I put out a book last year, the controlled demolition of the American empire, and we ended it talking about like, Hey, listen, like this is the equivalent of you walking down on, out onto the beach on the, uh, the, what was it? December 26th, 2004 in Indonesia going, where's all, where's all the water, you know, like, where's all the what? And then you go, I recognize what it means when I see that there's no water. There were a lot of people that couldn't, couldn't figure it out, mm -hmm. but everyone else that knew the signs knew to get to high ground, that that meant that the right. tsunami was coming. What Jeff and I wrote about was like, listen, there's a tsunami that's coming and you're not going to be able to get your, it's come, you're not going to be able to stop it, but you're going to be able to take a couple steps up that hill. You're going to be able to put yourself mm -hmm. in a position to possibly even come out of this better 
than you yeah. were going in because of these opportunities, because you can see what's happening before everyone else sees what's happening. You can make a move in advance instead of being reactionary. You can be proactive about things like there's an opportunity here in this chaos. Mm -hmm. There always is. You hate that there's chaos, but you have to recognize that there's the opportunity to, to, to put yourself in a position to have some interesting things happen to you, whether that's in the crypto space, mm -hmm. NFTs, you know, wh whatever. Uh, there's a, there's a I, lot. I saw a lot of going on. I saw a lot. I saw a lot of people in Southeast Asia that they were not even aware of on the level we're talking about. They just saw the opportunity. They ignored what they were hearing on the news, and they're doing very, very, very well right now. I could I could vouch the world of difference in, in Miami. I'm so much happier here with like you could feel a resistance. Yeah, I remember Doug Casey when he wrote his uh, when Doug Casey wrote his um uh and everything and, and then you know got to know him and stuff. His main thing is when this kind of stuff happens, when this turmoil goes, that's when everybody gets rich. You know, this is when the guys that know it's not increase their wealth, you know, a gazillion times. So if you are of the right mind or you see the opportunity, but a lot of the times they think it's because oh, you're inside or you get the pull. Well, that's when a lot of these people lose their money. They're counting on something. Same thing that happened with uh, was MF Bull when they uh, took uh, Gerald Salente's money and rehypothecated use his to invest in Greece bonds because they thought the central bank was going to bail it and too late and they lost everything and took Salente's money. And he goes, hey, I go, read the fine print. You, you did this thing where they could do that. And I'm going, these are people that, and, and the times and the bets where they lose a lot of stuff, the ones that act principally, that look at fundamentals and know what's going to happen five years ahead of it. It's like right now, last summer uh, in anticipation of building a home, all my property, you know, I bought a bunch of solar panels. I bought a bunch of other different things, but you know, a lot of things I did and I think maybe these um, just cause that's what's happened. So people that look at it, I mean, right now I would be in that literally I was looking to, Ernie, Ernie, you guys have better servers, bud. <laughs> I, said, I said in the chat, this is uh, the first time I've ever been pro 5G. We need to get you 5G. Uh, uh, I'm man, out in the middle of nothing. I, you know, my, my thing is, is that in, in anticipation of what's happening, yeah, I'm out in the middle of the woods of Missouri of, you know, wherever the hell I am, and uh, um, city, but the main thing is if we understand the fundamentals of what's going to happen, we know to invest in food, to get steel beams. We know to, you know, get some, you know, raw materials or sure as hell. We have friends that were building a year and a half ago. One of their foremen that they were building a building, he said, we need to buy all the plywood we can. But they did. And they, you know, they made out like crazy, you know, because if they were to buy it now, they had in storage, you know, they wouldn't be able to afford to build. So it's just the knowledge that this has an audience of what's coming 
This is the biggest benefit that I think we can be to, you know, our friends and neighbors, our family. You know, I'm going, look, you know, we got to. So, I mean, you can't make people do it. But then when it starts to happen, at least they were already prepped, you know, with the knowledge. Now they're taking it serious. I wanted to ask Sam, and I think you you, know, you missed it, you know, um, what's the mechanism that gives you the optimism? I mean, I got mine, but I'm wondering what you're thinking of how this is going to manifest itself. Are we going to take over the status quo? Or are we going to ignore them, bypass them, create something else, go black market? What do you think? Sam, Sam's, Sam's gone, gone, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, Sam's he, think he dropped. They took That's him. a good question for everybody. You know, like Matt is in freaking Asia. You know, I mean, you know, it's it is the the end going to be you know, different there me, than here for me. Oh, it, it's really different here. And I would tell everyone: do not believe anything that you see on the news about Southeast Asia. It's all false. It, 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 the things are really different here. You, of course, you got your normies who believe the narrative, what they see on TV, but people on the ground are very pragmatic. They they get by. I know people that they've never been tested. They've they've not been vaccinated and they go from one end of the country to the other. They never get stopped. The, the elections are coming up soon for the president. People are starting to ignore protocols because they don't want the negative pushback on potential votes. Uh, it, it's not falling apart completely, but it's not as bad as what people portray it as being see in canada canada it's a bit different i mean we're we're already half the population wants what's going on right now and mm -hmm. they're gonna and if if there's any resistance you're gonna have to create your own little underground economy or your own little community or do whatever yep. eventually they're gonna come after us yep. And it's going yeah, to pretty. It's going to get pretty serious up here in the next couple of months. They're already massively, massively blaming the unvaccinated for all the problems in the mm -hmm. hospital systems. They're, they're get. It's getting really bad, and people are just falling for it left, right, and center. So we're going to have to somehow manifest or create our own reality um, uh, without mm. uh, fi being fighting back. Cause you can't, where are you? Can't you fight back. You can't fight back against 90% of the population who agrees with what the government's doing. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's a completely different scenario up here. Uh, Alberta actually. Is there, and so yeah. you, yourself and, and Ian. So we talked a little bit about how there's some, obviously you guys know, Florida, Sanchez, Texas, Abbott, uh, Rogan, Kyrie Irving. Is there anything like that? Are there any politicians or celebrities in your countries that are pushing back like we have in the U.S.? The media is worse up here, actually. The media is probably worse than it is down there. They just got Alberta Alberta uh, Health Service, health, health Services, Dina Henshaw just got in trouble for um, talking about a 14-year-old uh, boy who apparently, like one of the youngest, like passed away from COVID, all this, and he had stage four brain cancer since January. And the sister had to come out and say, this is fucking fake news. This is bullshit. And they had to apologize from it. The media is very, very bad right now. It's worst. It's the brainwashing and the media right now, the, the, the government funds it directly, like 1.6 billion to all these fucking stations mm -hmm. that, that it's, it's way worse than even the States. If you can believe it or not. And there's no pop 
descriptions or oh, no, they ahead. don't I'm they sorry. don't get any they they just get smeared completely 100 percent I don't even know what happened with Maxime Bernier and the PPC party that would have been, that was the only, only people saying any, anything against Vax passports. All the other parties are completely for it hundred percent. So they just get completely left out of all the debates. They get smeared. It's unbelievable. I don't know how uh, that maybe, Australia. I, you know, Graham, maybe we should start referring to Canada as the North American version of Myanmar. Sure. <laughs> So, I mean, there are going to be places like that, that that the populace is just so drugged or stupid. Well, I always thought of your two countries, Canada and Australia, as those countries that 10 years ago, like, you know, post post George Bush, like there was kind of a shame on the international level of being an American or being like, oh, you're just a redneck, like, uh, gun shooting school shooting blah 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 and these other like kind of socialist countries like canada and australia were so enlightened in of the healthcare, and they're just so much more like global and kind of european and i'm like whatever that is whatever that argument is very quickly turned into fascism to like socialistic like governmental um total control and total mind control because all these people think they're doing it for the greater good. So I'm just like, whatever the seeds of that idea is that like a, a truly free non-socialistic country is a bad thing. I'm looking at it now and I'm just like, no, we were better than you. Not, I'm not saying better than you in like an antagonistic way, but I'm just like, I'm glad I'm here and not there. Yeah. It's because- really showing through now. Yeah. And I feel like it's a cultural thing where it's like a collectivist idea and totally comes from a good place like who doesn't want to help out their neighbor um but like it's this cult of thinking i'm getting vaccinated not for me but for everyone else or i'm doing this for the greater good like that comes from that cultish like moralistic good place but like it's totally being skewed and manipulated so like freedom and autonomy really are worth fighting for and just thinking about that big difference between like 10 years ago, what liberal meant and what conservative meant or what socialism or, or libertarian, all these things have been flipped around so much, but like they, the seeds were planted a long time ago is what I'm, what I'm saying. What do, what do you think? Ian? Yeah. It's fighting a war by proxy, right? But the proxy at this stage is our neighbors. Um, in Australia, it's very different. I think <clears throat> the media and our politicians are trying to play it up as if it's something that the world wants it to be the rest of the world. So they're trying to live to the expectations of your, your Bidens and all these progressive folk. However, on the ground here where I am in Queensland, it's very different. It's they've almost seceded from Australia. They've put barriers at the borders where people can't come across from state to state. Um, I just think, I don't know. I don't know how it goes, but for me, where I am, in the area that we are, it's so hot. We've only had seven cases since this very first at the start. Seven cases, no deaths in the whole of Queensland. And you can imagine that the whole of Queensland is as big as England 10 times over. But wow. we've never wore a mask. We've never had a lockdown. Everything's happened. Now, I think that's been by design because when you look at these enforced lockdowns in Sydney and in Melbourne, they provide nothing to the country. Where we are here in Queensland, it's about 70% of Australia's GDP with coal, ah. coal meats. Um, we have all of the iron ore, the aluminum, mm. 
everything comes from this one centralized area. So to shut this down would literally shut down Australia's economy and the global markets for coal, um, lithium, ion lithium batteries. So I do believe that's that to me tells me that it has been very selective in where the and if they can manipulate the numbers on that level, then what else are we not seeing? Mm-hmm. That makes total sounds sense. like Alberta. In the media, yeah, you know that's one thing. Do you guys, you know, to Graham and Ian, I, I wanted to ask you this question. A lot of people that I interview from out of the states, they look at the United States, and it, uh, the general thing has been, they go, "Hey, we lost our gun rights. What do you guys got them? You're better off, uh, whatever." But they look at America as one Washington D.C. ruled thing, and a lot of them, or do you, or your think your audience understands that we're 50 United States, like yeah, yeah. individual states, supposedly. I mean, do yeah, they we, get that we, or they start yeah, to no, learn no, we that? Totally, we totally get that you guys are different states. I mean, Montana's right below us. Uh, that's very appealing right now. Florida, Texas, we totally get that. I mean, at least at least we, we do. I mean, I, I don't know about the rest of the population of Alberta and Canada, but... Um, uh, yeah, it's, that's, what's appealing to it, right? We're, we're losing, we thought we had a little bit of freedom in Alberta and we're, it's, it's just all blending into now one big country of, of lockdowns and rules. But is there cross-border travel that's regular with Canada or is that gone? Cross-border down the States or? Yeah. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. You can uh, just, you know, like, yeah, oh, we, I want to go well, to Montana, no, I can, let's go to Montana for I dinner. Can, no, I can fly down, but I can't drive down. But Darren, my co-host, who's Indian, can drive down. I mean, I, I flew down. I got COVID down there and flew and drove back up with Darren. They had no test results, and I was positive. And we got through the border and, went, and got home without quarantining. That was quite, quite the adventure. What about uh, Australia? Yeah, what um, about Australia? They, they also the, latest, the latest news was... Um, Cross-borders travel will happen as of December 17th, a week before Christmas, providing 80% of the people are vaccinated within each state. Uh, unbelievable. Now, what that means unvaccinated people, they still haven't detailed. But also, I wouldn't believe everything about the guns as well. My friend's property here has a safe full of 308s, and they get used regularly. Get those fucking. I've heard. I've heard. No, my, my question is: Does Australia, you and your audience, see the United States as a like separate states, or are they, you know, just you know, whatever? Does or you got to take out Biden to be free, or what do they no, think? No, How do they think the U.S. works? Like I said before, I do. I do think secession's on the table when you look at Texas and and their inability to want to give anything away, um, and that was why I brought up almost what has happened here in in queensland we've just provided our own economy and every everything's been brought internal and the rest of these woke states can do whatever they want but we are still obviously under the commonwealth so um i don't think it can go much further than that but we definitely see the difference in states within america uh, and probably more than than ever okay. the difference red and blue but you guys, you know, being Canada and Australia, I always had this. There was that one time in the early 2000s, before my kid got out of high school, they still had to go wherever the hell I told them we were moving. But 
um, we had Freedom Summits. We had guys from New Zealand talking about moving to New Zealand. So we were seriously considering that at one time, right up until I knew I'm going to be active and leave me alone and I, I don't want your government screwing me anymore and I want this one. So I went through the process of their governmental system and it gets to where it gets to what they call the Queen's Privy Council that vetoes everything. You know, it's like the Supreme Court and we're done. Well, there they go. Well, the Queen says this about that and life sucks for you. Well, that is, you know, South Africa, um, Canada, New Zealand and Australia, which also makes up a five eyes kind of crap. All right. Do the Australian people know that? Do they understand that they're really under whatever the hell England says? I think it's a no. I, I, to answer your question, no, I don't believe they are because it's not taught in schools. But when you look at it, they are really under the monarch, as you just said. Um, but it isn't taught in schools, and it's evident when you do a citizenship test here. The people that are coming in as um, immigrants, you would answer. All of these questions around the monarchy and how um, the faith and religion, and I doubt that 90% of actual Australian citizens would be able to answer those very same questions about its own country. And she's on the money still, right? Correct. Okay. See, I, you know, I don't know we don't look at, you know, there's an old they, them, those that won't leave us alone uh, wanting to rule and do, I, I sense desperation. I think they're going faster than they can keep up with what the general public opinion of people is. But other people are going, no, this is part of the plan. You know, now's the time, man. Boom. Whatever comes after this. And you know, they're going your mama and they're done when they start bringing out the space. That's next, you know? Yeah. So I'm just, oh. I'm, I'm wondering, you guys right. think this is an, on purpose or what? I spoke about this with, with Darren and Graham, and I believe that our best play at the moment would be to enhance it and let it go. Let's let's stop resisting and let's let it just go into free fall. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of believe that they are... I don't think they anticipated on the vaccine to be this uh, this many people to fight back against it, to be honest. I, well, I, for for well, what we're aware, I mean, in Canada, we're not fighting back, right? Is there 86%? They're at 86%... Uh, 12 plus population have received at least one dose. I believe it. Everybody I know has been vaccinated. Really? Yeah. It's, 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 there's no need to, I, I believe the numbers because I don't know anybody that's not vaccinated anymore. Wow. Barely, barely. I mean, a handful of people well, that, you know, hilarious. like my family and Darren, and there's a bunch of people in my inner circle. But other than that, no, everybody's got, everybody's got it. Wait, Darren got the vaccine? No, no, no. Darren and, and my inner circle and my family, like, you know, we're not, but everybody else is. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, to to be fair, uh, I think that that's what they anticipated in the U.S. It would be exactly the same. Can you think of another vaccine drive in the U.S. where everybody just didn't say, oh, of course, I'm going to get vaccinated? If you have to give away lottery tickets, donuts, beer in laps around Talladega. That is definitely not plan A. That is plan <laughs> C or something. That is oh, not, there's that a is new like, one, Charlie. This is oh, what they shit. did. They, they just did in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You get all your uh, felonies and misdemeanors expunged to get the vaccine. 
They did wow. in Massachusetts. They did the same thing. They said they would lower your sentencing if you got the vaccine. Wow. So wow. it's it's. it's I, I say I, I say good, good. The more of this that we see, the more preposterous these things are, the better. It just it just shines a light on how absurd all this stuff is. Because I don't know, Krispy Kreme did it for me, man. <laughs> this is this is not how you behave in an in an actual pandemic. You don't need to incentivize this stuff. This is how you act when you're manufacturing things, when there's a narrative that you're crafting and you're trying to make it look as if something is there when it's really not there, that you do the things that they're doing. <laughs> like you don't need to offer if everyone if there's dead bodies everywhere from this thing, you then there's no sales pitch needed. Well, that's but there's not, luckily. Thank, thankfully, there's not. And so, therefore, we're all going, so why do we need it? And they're like, because everyone's going to die. And you're like, yeah, but 99.98% survivability rate in a median death age of 80. Like in the United States, do you know what the, the median death age normally is? It's 78. <laughs> you're yeah. better off with COVID. Statistically, then. Yeah, yeah, two extra years. I mean, chemotherapy didn't come with a marketing drive. That's probably. <laughs> <a problem>. <laughs> <laughs> like, but but I feel like free chemo. Yeah. <laughs> why can't everybody just see that? Like, what I'm saying is that the sales pitch is so overwhelming that you that you like should be recoiling, going, okay, why the hard sell here? You know, why, why shouldn't it just be like, hey, man, if you don't get this, you're going to die. Well, I don't want it. It's All right. Well, late. then good luck to you. No, it, that's late. not enough. It's too you late. have to get it. You too late up here. Too late up here. Anyways, we'll see what happens with the large number of vaccinated and we'll, and we'll see what October, November will be very interesting. Honestly, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm having there, this there, this imagery of just like even this time of the year as it's getting darker and darker, like you know, things get creepy and they say like the veil lifts. I feel like there's like a veil um, that's really kind of thinning of like the truth or like the dark truth. And then when the, the this veil is lifted, it's going to be fucked up. Like <laughs> half these people I know are vaccinated and a lot of them, when they told me their reasons for doing it, it was really stupid. It was like, I got peer pressured by my aunt or, yep things like that. And I'm seeing like buyer's remorse, but I don't want to be an asshole and be like, you might die. But like that, that, that truth, that possible truth, that possible outcome is, is there in the near future. And I feel like we're all just like, fuck, like, they, I hope it doesn't happen, but like we're, we're inching towards it. And like this well, buyer's remorse I, might get, I, they're, they're, they're I'm like you. I, go ahead, Graham. No, they're just in complete denial here. Even the, any kind of connection with adverse events, uh, any mm -hmm. deaths, they, they won't connect anything together. Uh, doctors that speak out lose their license. It's, it's, uh, it's a full, yeah. pre full press right now. And, well, I mean, are I they in line to get their second, third, and 15th booster? I mean, you got 80-something percent. They kind of complied, but now are they just lining up for the rest? Uh, well, the booster, I don't know about the booster. That's interesting. Um, but, they, but they've already gotten two doses. I mean, 86, 86% of, of people 12 and above have had their first dose. That's crazy. 86%. I saw an article today that six months later, the J&J &J vaccine is 3% effective. Yeah. And it was hardly effective. I mean, all these oh, things no, were it, hardly it, effective to begin with. But. It, 
uh, you know what, Ricky, it's much more effective than 3%. It's killed at least 3% of my wife's village already. So wow. I, I, yeah. So I actually, so, but, I, I know more people adverse, worse adverse reactions to the vaccine than having, you know, like a, a real issue with COVID. Uh, I, I don't know anybody who's really had a, a serious issue with COVID, but I know quite a few young people who've been hospitalized uh, from the vaccine. And th- I've had two, I've had two expat friends die in the last year of sudden heart attacks after taking the vaccine. Well, that's what changed Joe Joe Rogan's uh, because if you guys heard the, his his whole story about how he was going to get vaccinated, then you know because of a scheduling or because he had to fly out or something like that, he he rescheduled getting vaccinated, and then between that period is when he had a close friend have a stroke or heart attack from the vaccine, and he he started thinking twice about it. And also, I think through that period is when the J and J vaccine got pulled. And and that also made him a little skeptical. So, I'm I, I think that you know that's you can, you can only create this illusion for so long. It's same thing with like we talked about how during the height of the lockdown. I'm sure it's similar in Canada and Australia. In the U.S., I was in Mass. I live in Massachusetts, where it was one of the like the the hot spots of Massachusetts and New York. Our hospitals were supposed to be full, and everybody was looking around saying like, "Hey, do you know anybody who's had?" COVID? Do you know anybody who's dying from COVID? Do you know anybody who works at the hospital who's saying it's overfilled? Like the TV was telling you one thing, but people were looking around and saying like, I don't understand where this is happening because it's not happening where I live. And it it was just a matter of time before people started saying like, okay, maybe they are blowing this out of proportion. And I'm hoping that even a place like Canada and Australia that maybe hopefully there are more people resisting, but then obviously the TV and the media is not going to report on it. Maybe there are more people. I mean, you don't seem optimistic at all, Graham. About no, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, there's not enough people to resist. There's people walking these freedom rallies. Sure, there's people out there. It's too late, though. It's too, what are they doing? They're trying to resist what some vax passport or I mean, everybody's already got it now. So what like the the, the four the 10, 12, 14 percent of the people now are going to stand up and resist. It's too late. But maybe maybe they've already got the vaccine. I know a lot of people who gotten the, the first vaccine. They were first ones in line and now they're like, fuck this, man, this booster thing. I'm done with it. Like, I'm not going to keep getting vaccinated. Yeah, every- that's that's fine. But that's still only going to be a small percentage of people that I, I was in uh, at an event in Spokane, Washington, just a few weeks ago, and uh, we showed up Love Us doing whatever, and uh, we went out there, made signs and so on. And I'm going, wow, there's at least 3,500 people here. And they go, no, it's like 6,500. So it's in between there somewhere. This is super woke downtown clock tower park of Spokane, Washington. And you had like 30 police officers around and they were all being loved on and they're like showing support and kind of, you know, it's, I, I feel it's, it's shifted, it's changed. And I'm, I, I don't have a problem with people protesting or showing numbers or preferences or having creative signs. That's what I'm all about. But, you know, at some point it has to get very public. We don't effing care. You know, what you guys say and do and your support it doesn't matter. We're over here. Well, we're going to, you know, not give you a permit for that permit. What's that? I don't need no stinking permit. You know, so I'm badges. We don't need no stinking badges. So I'm, that's what I'm looking for. 
is that the credibility of this whole thing, it's like you want to um, you know, piss off your neighbors, you know, you know, wear the Grim Reaper outfit and then take the, you know, the, the hood off in your ouchie or something. I, you know, I, I just, I, you know, I, I'm interested in what the costumes are going to be this year because that always throughout the, I've done shows on this, the costumes and the popularity of them and what they're doing kind of is the subtext of the opinion of America response yeah. to them so gonna, the day after halloween we're gonna have something interesting to talk about i'm gonna I, I think also like when we when um ernest you asked earlier you're throwing out the idea like what makes you optimistic in these times and i think like the thing that makes me optimistic is the power of um ridiculing something that's false or ridiculing or dismissing or laughing at something that is clearly just clown world, total absurdity. Like, I think there's real power in that because even when you think of just like the herd, if everybody is just pointing and laughing at something, that person is powerless. So if we're doing that at all of these clowns out there who are the faces of this thing, that that is very powerful. And I call Which it- Which is what we would expect snl to do and it used to be that oh, Saturday well, night live but the, yeah there's no and now they're the lowest ratings they've ever had yeah. just this Let's last one branded. that they did the lowest ever but oh, i, I right. think like even <laughs> just like um that's how i think it will work in canada or australia is like if memes make people just be like who is this ugly bitch with the big teeth like talking at us who are these fucking people who's the tranny looking asian lady from canada like what is this fucking what is going on i think i think that the the inherent like falsity of it just makes it easy to just attack and laugh at and just i think the power of i think this is gonna end when everyone just gets on the same page like yeah that was some bullshit that was false like i'm not a i'm not a covid retard anymore like that was fake. I'm, I'm, it's behind me. So even vaccinated people or even people that were on board with this, I think when they when just literally can look at something so false and stupid and clownish and in either point and laugh, like point and laugh at all these tranny fucking they them issues and laugh at the absurdity of it. That's empowering. And that's literally why you can't say, let's go, Brandon, in Canada, because that is funny as hell. And it crumbles the, the, the sanctity of like Biden and the, the thousands of people that say fuck Joe Biden all the time. Like laughing at this evil, I hope is like the best way to sort of cure us from it, I guess. That's, that's the reason that I described that situation between Rogan and Gupta before the way I did. Because if you can try and turn those, you're almost attacking the left from the left then which they don't like and it, and it does become uncomfortable for them. And, you know, he was just that special kid at school that wanted to play the game and sucked so bad, but then went and told his family that he was really good and they all agreed and they told their friends and family the how well he did. But the people that were watching it are thinking, mate, you just fucking ruined the game. You wasn't good. And, but all of them people are over there celebrating, saying how good he was and everybody else is looking going, Jesus Christ, now we've got to start the whole game again because of this retard. Well, you're seeing it with the masks at my gym. When masks were mandated uh, originally, everybody who wasn't wearing one, like myself, would like walk in and then put, have it down the whole time. People would look at you. People would give you weird looks. And now, because they're not mandated, 
then everybody who still wears one gets those looks now. You know, it's like mm-hmm. now they're the ones like, why are you still fucking wearing one? You don't have to wear. So it's like, it's kind of like what you're saying. Like, yeah, maybe that's what we need to do is start looking at the people who are still falling for the trick and being like, are you are you seriously still fucking falling for this? I mean, that's what I tell people. I'm like, are you are you seriously still like you're, you still think we're in the pandemic? I mean, we're at a fucking barbecue or we're 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 at the you know wherever we're at the grocery store. And everybody's <laughs> talking and shaking hands and whatever. Like, we're not in a fucking pandemic anymore. Get over it. Like, it, it's we're we're done with it. You should take it one step further. Them around, slow clapping them around the gym and just bring attention, <laughs> or even get some theme music on your phone. You know? <laughs> I swear is to God, sometimes time? you know, is there something you know, that finally will go okay? You know, I, I didn't say it out loud, but it was obvious I thought you were a stupid fuck, you know. But now I'm, I'm kind of look, you know, you now you got enough information, now you know what we know, now it's obvious, now we can just come together and kind of, you know hate this bullshit together or and I, you know, we're going to give a, 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 a 60 day, you know, forgiveness schedule for, you know, uh, elected officials to come out and apologize for being scumbag pieces of crap and buying into it or whatever. Is there going to be a, a forgiveness time or an inviting of people, you know, uh, apology, you know, for having believed it or you give them forgiveness for finally making the, okay, I didn't know and I'm I'm sorry and you welcome them back. Now, don't be a dumb fuck again. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, there has to be a I, reconciliation time. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I think there, that's the only way forward. I, I, I mean, I, or the, 40%, the 40% of the people aren't going to do it. Forty percent of the people yeah. are gone. They're gone. They're no, there is no yeah. good reconciliation. Well, maybe they'll no, be they get highlighted. They get to wear a gold star, man. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, the nasty side of me really doesn't want to forgive them, but uh, I don't know, Graham. I think it's a lot better than that. I think it's probably around thirty percent. But uh, I mean, I think this, like our our side, um, I think people would be very open to forgiveness like i have like npc friends and they just questioned the the she slash her and their google hangout at work and we just start going on and on i'm like i'm like call her they them like call call them she her and he and he just starts laughing and i it's like a spell is being broken because this stuff is a cult like there this is sacred you can't make fun of pronouns you can't make fun of bathrooms um but yes, you can. It's it's a fucking joke, and it's like I feel like laughter and ridicule, and almost like just like in a social herd way, being like that's fucking lame. Take off your mask, you pussy. And it's like oh, it, like watch how quick someone will take their mask off. It's this. Is, we were conditioned to be where we are through social manipulation, and like if you're not socially retarded, just start acting, start using your social skills, and being like. This, I, I have grounds to stand on on ridiculing this because I know it's actually evil, but it's like we're all being tricked into thinking it's like this social norm. It's like, no, fuck that social norm. Like, take your mask off and don't don't fall for the woke bullshit. And I, that's the only thing I could be optimistic about, really. But it's I think it's good enough. Well, kids want to resist and they want to go against the grain. Like, the more normal this becomes maybe eventually the kids will go in the opposite direction we're like well this is the norm so let's just 
you know, resist it maybe because right now you're seeing it's just trendy. Like you, you know, when you go to local events here, like if there's festivals or whatever local events in, in Massachusetts, it's always like small groups of kids that are all wearing masks. They're all wearing them on their chin or wearing them below their nose, but they're all wearing them. You know, it's like this trendy thing. Like we're doing it because it's just, you know, we're, we represent this ideology and we're all on the same page. And, and you see it even with like the, the the gender the hormone replacement you see groups of kids doing it together you see groups of people you uh kids uh questioning you know their identity and their gender so it, it seems like it's a trendy thing and and hopefully they snap out of it you know and and they they realize it is just a phase but the crazy uh, thing- i i heard that there was a lot of uh virus regret after the transitioning huge there is. The, yeah. Most of them have the the. Oh, my penis back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want my penis back. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's. Well, tough. we have a we have a family friend that uh, they were like way ahead of this. They did the transitioning surgery twenty years ago. Poor guy, man. He just hides from the public now. He can't. He can't come out in public at all. Well, most most of them do have depression after. And the thing is, I mean, it, it's quite simple to, to look at it. Like I, I look at it almost like getting a tattoo, right? Like how many people do you know that got, got a tattoo at 17 or 18 who d- don't eventually regret it? Like, oh, that was kind of fucking stupid, you know? And uh, <laughs> as he shows his, his, his tattoos. I don't even like that band anymore. Yeah, you know, I, I every time you see kind of a silly tattoo on somebody, it's always like, let me guess, you got that when you were young. It's like you shouldn't be making permanent decisions in your teens. Like, there's nothing wrong with like doing, you know, whatever hormone replacement, whatever you want to do. If you want to cut off your dick, cut off your dick. I don't care. Uh, you know, just I mean, less competition for me, right? Um, kidding, but um, I'm married, and uh, <laughs> if my wife's listening, <laughs> but uh, it, it's uh, but the thing is, do it later in life. Oh, you know, no, after no, you go. No, no. Like to make for for the these what really drives me nuts are these parents. They piss me off because they in their heart they feel like they're being supportive, and they're also being retarded by thinking that you should support your child in making a permanent decision in their teens. Like you're insane. If they regret that, they're gonna not just hate making this decision. They're gonna hate you for helping them make this decision. Like it's insanity. Uh, no, I did. I did a little bit of research on the parents that would openly do this. And after about six out of six, I didn't need to look any further. They're always, you know, heavily educated, taxpayer-funded patients. Targeted. They were doing this as kind of like an elevation in their status with their friends or whatever the heck. You know, it, it was like the kids' interest wasn't necessarily, you know, top of mind. And I, I see this as just a product of all of the stuff that has been. My optimism is that it took generations and trillions with the T dollars to get us to a government education system that not only allowed, but encouraged, supported all of this stuff, adverse effects or news is suppressed. And then if a teacher, you know, I mean, if a a parent comes in and complains, you're banned, you know? So this has been such long time coming. And, you know, those of libertarian persuasion or, 
or conservative or whatever, or awakened or knew better or read a book or something like that, have been all my adult life warning of this, that this what's happening right now was coming. You know, the, the mark of the beast mm -hmm. kind of stuff or the government mm -hmm. will, whatever, whatever story mm -hmm. or uh, influence that they would have to convince us as young people in the 20s, 30s, what we were going to be facing. At some point, you start to go, yeah, I can see how this could happen. Then it fucking happens overnight. Just boom, uh -huh. here we are. Then it's like, mm -hmm. all right, then what? You know? So I'm really a now what guy. And fortunately, because we were of this mind, we have kids and grandkids that we're not really worried about this, but we are. My daughter is 31. She works at Honeywell Aerospace. They just got a letter three days ago or something that said, uh, December 8th, you have to have the vaccine or you're fired. No exceptions, no exceptions, no nothing. And you're perfectly free to fill out this uh, religious exemption form that we're going to deny, which they do. So I'm going, okay, now what? Do you want to work there? I mean, do you want to, I mean, how do you want to play this? You know, love bus and Papa, man, dad's coming, man. I, we'll go do some whip ass. You guys want to play? Let's play. Do you really want to do this? What's the message you're going to send? You know, what is it you want to do? You want to, you know, go for um, things like how are the religious exemptions determined? Who got them? Who didn't? Mm -hmm. Why didn't they? Drill down, drill down, drill down. Military industrial complex. If you want a Biden contract, you're going to do whatever the hell we want. Or a lot of people just leaving. It's like 40%. These guys, I, I don't know if they're bluffing, if they're going to go through with it. If they didn't anticipate, go no, they'll they'll get a shot when it's their job. But what happens when they don't? What happens when they pulled their kids out of school? What happens? What happens? What happens? We're going to find out. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Well, at a principle, and some people are going to say no. Uh, L.A. Uh, L.A. schools uh, just announced that they were thirty thousand below last year's registration 30,000 kids i mean i mean in the whole school district that's not a big percentage but it's significant you don't have to have a large so last year six of my 12 grandkids the young ones all homeschooled boom done mm, good for them yeah, well, we, this is this is what's happening in the freest province of canada apparently so just so you guys know Indoor, this is mandatory restrictions. Now, I'm not saying these are being enforced or they'll be upheld in the courts or anything because the courts are fucking running away from all this bullshit because they won't, they can't provide any evidence to, to support what they're doing. But it's just, it's here in writing officially. So indoor social gatherings, vaccinated, indoor private social gatherings are limited to two households, yours plus one other, up to a maximum of 10 vaccine eligible vaccinated people and no restrictions on children under 12 unvaccinated indoor social gatherings are not permitted for vaccine eligible people who are unvaccinated this restriction does not reply to mutual support groups and workers and blah 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 so there's yeah, but segregation Fauci said we could have christmas so we're better yeah. than you fauci yeah. said yeah exactly Ricky, so that's where, that's where we're at <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we, we we can wrap we can wrap it. Uh, yeah, thanks everybody for for joining us today. I really appreciate it. As always, this was a, a fun discussion. Uh, 
we'll we'll go around and and let everybody plug their their uh, their shows and their work or anything that they have coming up. And uh, anybody want to start? Contentsafe.co. <laughs> Contentsafe.co. Yeah, Matt and I just did a, a you know a show here recently. We're making a lot of progress on the IPFS thing, and I just went mm. through the Moonbeam, but yeah, we'll talk about it later. And it's going to be a solution to a lot of this stuff. But I wanted to encourage people to go uh, read the letters of Captain Mark and the icons at the top of PiratesWithoutBorders.com. And we have FreemasPhoenix.com as our news portal. And, of course, Declare Your Independence, Ernest Hancock Radio Show, and uh, you know, Love Bus Liberty Tours. We're going around the country. But I'm telling you, it's going to be the decentralization of everything. PiratesWithoutBorders.com. You know, read the letters of Captain Mark there and uh, all the tech that's going to support this stuff we archive there because I can see uh, humanity freaking kicks ass. I am so proud of just a human spirit but my biggest concern was they had to change us. That's what I'm trying to do. Physiologically change us from being human and as long as we maintain our humanity we win. Well, I think on that note, we're going to have to wind things down. I think we can uh, we start up the- with uh, some plugs. Um, I'm sorry, did I cut anybody off? Yeah, no, no, we were, we were in the process of doing that. Just Ernie, right. you know, Ernie always has a lot to say. So it's... Uh, <laughs> so I check dark. out, so I check out I, uh, Grimerica.ca. Grimerica.outlaw.ca is our uh, premium podcast feed. And uh, adultbrain.ca is our audiobooks. Darren's uh, new book out called A Canadian Shame. It's about the residential schools. Check out that at canadianshame.ca. There you have it. Cosmic Keys, Ian, you guys want to? Yeah, uh, you could check my show, The Cosmic Keys Podcast, out on all podcast players. And I'm also on Rockfin. Uh, CosmicKeysPodcast.com is the website. Yeah, and we are at willywebster.com, or you can find us at the Willie Webster Show on YouTube. Still in the process of trying to get everything moved over to Rockfin, but um, the next project coming up next week will be, I'm going to do a reading of Murray N. Rothbard's The Anatomy of the State. Um, so I hope people can join us there and we can really put to bed what governments really are. That's awesome. You should start a podcast. What, 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 your other one was a PhD in ass-kicking? podcast that sounds like a great name let's phd in violence yeah oh that's what it was yeah. <laughs> um yeah may um if rockfin will let me on i'm happy to pro- bring that show forward and just see me kicking those purple herd monsters asses <laughs> and then uh of course charlie you want you want a new book is out hypocrisy uh surviving in a world of cultural double standards with uncle sam in a straight jacket on the cover um, and Macroaggressions is out twice a week. You can catch it wherever podcasts are served. And you can also find your website. I, I, I know I always mess up your website. It's the, the, oct- the octopus of global control.com. You can check out just about everything from there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, and then uh, I guess my oh, Sam's not here, but yeah. Sam, uh, anybody want to name the 200 podcasts that he does? Or we'll just go to samtriplee.com. Well, j- well, let's say congratulations on, on 500th yeah. uh, tinfoil hat. That is a hell of a milestone, especially yeah. when like he does 800 shows. So the fact that one, that's, that's insane. So yeah, he's, I think he's, uh, he's going to be doing a little celebration. I, I think a couple of shows and doing a whole 
thing and and he deserves it so it's awesome i mean i, I did he put out his uh four i think he, I, I just looked today it was that 498 right did he put his 499 oh i know he recorded 500 in vegas this weekend Awesome. So look out for that. Yeah, that, that will be out soon. And then uh, Ricky from uh, the Ripple Effect Podcast and r- go to rickyvarance.com or the rippleeffectpodcast.com. You'll find all the channels that I'm on. Not YouTube at the moment, but uh, I, I just started a YouTube channel for clips it's because I'm like, well, I want to have some type of presence on there. Uh, hoping to get... I mean, there is one of those things about like creating an echo chamber in some of these channels. Like It's still worth... I guess putting out something on on uh, some of these other um, platforms, hoping that you can reach some people who who maybe uh, aren't aware of these alternative platforms. So, and I, I think that's it, guys. We'll, we'll thank you so much for joining thank us, you, Mike. Great episode. Yeah. Thanks, OBDM show, the funniest show. Yeah. OBDMPod.com. We stream live Wednesdays at seven PM on Twitch and D Live, and Saturday at noon uh, on. Same channels, Twitch and uh, DLive. And then we're on all podcast platforms. And, uh, you know, Sam's on f- episode 500. We're on 490 or, I don't know, 940 something. I don't know. I forget what <laughs> we're on. So wow. congratulations to Sam. I'm sure he's going to make it to 1,000 before I do. So thanks, everyone. We'll see everyone in, what, two weeks? Yeah, we'll see everybody yeah. in two weeks. Thanks, we'll Mike. see links to this uh, once it's up and... And we'll we'll uh, we'll talk then. We'll see what the fuck happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>